jazzfans.com. Jazz fans, this season when the Utah Jazz get eight or more steals in a game, you can steal a classic Arby's roast beef sandwich for only $1 the next day. Download the Utah Jazz app, turn on notifications, and visit utahjazz.com to learn more. KCNS FM Colville. KCNS AM Salt Lake City. Live from the Carrier HVAC Zone Studios. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Turn to the experts. Carrier. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We are live today from RGS Exteriors and Construction. Give them a call, 801-280-3110. Find out uh, what they can do for you. Get that uh, exterior of your home looking good uh, with RGS Exteriors and Construction. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix, uh, Gordo, coming up here momentarily. Of course, Chris joins us. On Mondays, your daily assist, and we'll get his thoughts on the Jazz and uh, what to expect going into the second half of the season. Yes, indeed. And we talked about uh, what it was that we saw yesterday and not quite sure. Uh, well, uh, one thing we are sure about, I can't, can't draw any conclusions off what we saw, but there are some things that the Jazz need to concern themselves with. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, in fact, let's get to it. It's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris, happy Monday. How are you today, sir? What's going on, guys? Hey, just excited to talk a little NBA basketball, talk a little bit about the Utah Jazz. They had a tough loss last night to the to the Warriors, and uh, they, they've lost their defensive edge a little bit. Chris, can you talk about ebbs and flows to your uh, NBA season and maybe talk Jazz fans off the ledge a little bit? Well, they, they certainly happen. And, I mean, look, I living in Boston, I was witness to one, you know, in the month before the All-Star break where – you had a Celtics team whose defensive intensity collapsed. Its willingness to share the ball stopped. And, I mean, look, the, you heard in Boston calls for the firings of Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge. That's how, how aggressive it was getting. Um, but the Celtics have righted the ship since then. They got Marcus Smart back, and they're back in, in a good position. When, when I watched the Jazz post-All-Star break, it, you know, it frankly feels like they're still on it. Like it's just they're they're just not playing with the kind of energy and effort that I saw for most of the first half of the season. Now, nothing I've seen is you know hammer the you know alarm button and you know panic at this point. But you you just gotta wake up in a way and you know realize that your record is meaningless against teams that are kind of coming for your throat now. I mean, this is what happens when you are a established team like the jazz have been in the first half teams are going to give you 
their best effort every single night. And you know, I think you saw that, especially from Golden State in the game the other night. And uh, to, to, you know, to to put it bluntly, you've got to match their intensity and match their effort. And we haven't seen that from Utah in the games since the All-Star break. Yeah, exactly right, Chris. Some teams – Seems like when they're when they're hitting their shots at the offensive end, they play better defense at the other end. But with this Jazz team, it's my opinion, and Jake, I don't know whether you agree with me on it or not. But when they play good defense, I'm telling you, Chris, it opens things up at the offensive end. And against Golden State yesterday, they you know they they allowed their opponent to shoot 56 percent, and they were down in the low 40s. And so it, it just when the defense isn't there, the offense lacks. Well, yeah, and that's true for multiple reasons. Um, you know, one, it's easier to get easy offense where you're not taking the ball out of the basket at every time on the defensive end. That's for yeah. starters. <laughs> and there is kind of a natural confidence that comes from teams, especially young teams, when they're getting defensive stops. You can get out in transition, get easy opportunities that are going to help your, your confidence grow from, from game to game or quarter to quarter. Uh, and that's a big part of it when you're constantly – you know, just walking the ball up the floor, uh, it, it makes it challenging. You know, the Jazz aren't some, you know, high-octane transition team, but, you know, they, they get their easy opportunities. They've got a mobile big man in Rudy Gobert. I mean, they've they've been able to do some stuff this year. Uh, it, it's it's disheartening when you're not getting any kind of stops. So that's, I mean, that's priority one, two, and three if you're Quinn Snyder. You're not worried at all about, you know, what the offense is doing. The offense is fine, at least from what I've seen from the, the games I've seen, the two games I've seen from the Jazz um, it's just defensively, you just you just got to move. You got to get out. You got to defend three point line. Um, you got to execute in these pick and roll defensive sets. I mean, just all the things that Jazz were good at in the first half of the season, they've got to get back to right away. Chris, I want to ask you about Donovan Mitchell on the defensive side of the ball. And, and Gordon and I have talked about this a lot. And actually, when the Jazz drafted him initially, they were hoping he could make a, a defensive impact right away. And we've seen what he's been able to do offensively, and he's emerged certainly as a star. But do you think Donovan Mitchell has more in the tank defensively? Do you think he, he can become a two-way player? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll ever be an elite two-way player in the way that Giannis is a great two-way player. LeBron, when he activates it, is a great two-way player. But there's only a handful of those guys in the league. I think that Mitchell can be better than average defensively. And I think in the fourth quarter of games, he's got the athleticism and the skill set to be able to ranch it up and ratchet it up a notch or two and and get and help that team get stops uh, late in games. I don't think he's a liability by any stretch or even a below-average defensive player. I just, when you're talking about the great two-way players, you can see greatness in them. Like LeBron, when he decides he doesn't want you to score on him, you're probably not scoring on him. Giannis can be the same way at basically five positions. Klay Thompson even was like that at his best. Uh, I don't think Mitchell is necessarily going to get on that level, but I do think he'll be good enough defensively that in the fourth quarter you don't have to worry about him. That he can take a challenge like, say, a Jamal Murray, like we saw in the bubble or others, and, and succeed at it at times. So I think, I think there's more to come with that, with Donovan Mitchell. I just would temper some expectations about just how, how, how good he can be on that end of the floor. The Jazz's other star against Golden State, uh, Chris, Rudy Gobert with 24 points, 28 boards, and four blocks. 
How do you think is, – is Rudy viewed the way he really is now around the league? Does everybody understand how important this guy is? Or do, do, do some people look at it and say, yeah, Rudy, he's good at the defensive end, yeah, but? No, I, I think it's more the latter still, at least from the more casual fans. And it's funny, I had this argument with Dan Patrick just last week where I was telling him, like, I think Rudy Gobert can finish in the top five and MVP, and he kind of scoffed at it in a way because, you know, the you know, Rudy does have this reputation as being a great defensive player and, you know, not necessarily as impactful on the offensive end. But you've seen out there how impactful he is at the offensive end. He is uh, a very good low post player. He is an excellent roller, an offensive rebounder. And, you know, I, we talked about this, but, like, his screen setting, that sort of screen assist, better than any player in the league at this point and that's that's enormously valuable to to any team's offensive production so i i think people need to stop looking at rudy as being this ben wallace type player like a guy that just is great defensively but is just kind of there offensively he is he's probably never going to match and is never going to match what he does defensively on the offensive end but he has closed the gap considerably in recent years with with how with all the, the diversity of things he can do offensively Chris, in the Western Conference in the second half of the year uh, here, who do you think is capable of more? Who's uh, capable of going on a run maybe we didn't see coming? Uh, I mean, the, well, obviously the Lakers, when they get, get all their guys back, I mean, that's that goes without saying. Right now they're just treading water until they can get you know, Anthony Davis. And Dennis Schroeder being back is, is obviously been huge for them as well. Um I mean, there are teams bunched up in the middle that any one of them can go on a tear. I mean, Portland is about to get some serious firepower back. I mean, C.J. McCollum is headed back to the lineup. Yusuf Nurkic is headed back to the lineup. These are high-level players. They're going to get back, and they've been pretty good without them. I mean, Denver is probably just, you know, you know they played well going to the break with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, if they can get stuck in some of their guys back, and they will, uh, they're going to be be really tough. So I think, and look, you throw Dallas in that mix as well. I mean, the Mavericks have as much firepower as anybody in the bottom half of the playoff bracket. So you've got some teams down there that I think can go on a run. And look, you know, Utah right now is is relatively comfortably ahead at, at in the top spot. But you know, there's only what like four and a half games that or five games that separate you know two from eight, and that can change really quickly. So I, I think there's a lot of room for maneuvering from those teams in the middle part of the bracket because for health reasons and, you know, just getting guys going reasons, they can be really good. Chris, do you think any of the teams, speaking of going on runs, how about for the postseason? Could any, could the bottom four in the West challenge the top four? Uh, absolutely. I don't know if the bottom two necessarily can, or maybe in the bottom one, whether it's San Antonio or I guess if Golden State squeaks its way in there, you never count out. Steph Curry, but that's a different team, obviously, without Clay. Uh, but, I mean, if, if Denver, Portland, and Dallas are in the 5, 6, and 7 spot, like, they can beat anybody. They have beaten anybody. I mean, Portland, to me, is is, is one of those teams that's that's going to be you – know, people a lot, of, a lot of people are going to be sleeping on this year. Um, I think the, the way Lillard's playing is probably the best basketball of his career. And McCollum, if you remember, before he got hurt, he was playing some of the best basketball of his career. And I, I, they've They've maintained some flexibility in Portland, either to make a deal or to be a player on the buyout market. So I think something else is coming their way before the end of this season. So the Blazers, to me, 
uh, because we've seen them do it before. When Lillard and McCollum get hot, they've gone to a Western Conference final. I think those are the team. That's the team to watch mostly. Uh, that might be lurking in the weeds that we're not talking about. Chris, uh, I ask you this because you're close to that uh, Boston team and the Celtics uh, organization, but what did you make of the rumors that uh, came out about Brad Stevens perhaps going to Indiana? I mean, can we stop with, with that? With, like, It's like every two years there's a Brad Stevens back-to-college rumor. E- even if we're not talking about Brad Stevens, there is, with, with very few exceptions, there's no coach that coaches in the NBA that voluntarily goes back to college. You go back to college when the NBA doesn't want you anymore. Like Rick Pitino would love to be in the NBA. John Calipari would love to be in the NBA. Fred Hoiberg would love to be back in the NBA. These guys went to college and are making good money and are having levels of success, but they would trade all of it in a heartbeat to get back into the NBA. When you experience the NBA lifestyle, the private jets, the money, not having to recruit as often as these guys have to recruit, nobody wants to go back to that, like ever. And Brad Stevens is on very solid footing in Boston. He's got a multi-year contract. He makes a lot of money. The idea that he would go back to college basketball is ludicrous. And, you know, if you ever ask him this privately, he'll say the same thing and ask any coach. I mean, look, Quinn Snyder, ask him. Next time you have a chance to talk to him, be like, would you ever go back to college, like, under any circumstances? And it would have to be if all 30 NBA teams told him to kick rocks and you can't, you can't coach our team anymore because that's the only way – these coaches go back to the college ranks. Chris, I remember that reminds me back in the day, someone asked Chuck Daly about the difference between coaching in the NBA and coaching college basketball. And uh, I don't think he, he was leaving out the recruiting part of it, but he said the coaching part of it is much more challenging in the NBA than it is in college. And I remember he said it so emphatically that, when Dean Smith saw him, he went up to Chuck and he said, Chuck, you were kind of rough on us. And, and Chuck said, no, I meant every word of it. <laughs> what do well, you think of that assessment? It's true. Like, with all due respect to the great college basketball minds, you don't need to be a good coach to win championships in college basketball. You don't. Look, John Calipari is a remarkable college figure, one of the most successful college coaches of this generation. But he – is not a great X's and O's coach. I mean, he's the guy that in Jersey, like once sent four guys out on the floor. Like, you know, he's just, (laughs) he's not, that's not his, that's not his best asset. His best asset is recruiting and player development. He is excellent at both those things. I talk to NBA executives all the time. They love drafting guys out of Kentucky because even if it's just for one year, they know they're getting great player development from John Calipari. But you don't need to be a great coach to coach in college basketball and to succeed in college basketball. You have to basically be what Cal is, a great recruiter and a great player development guy. And, I, I mean, you, you, drive, you ride buses in college, guys. Like you ride buses and you don't take, you know, marquee private jets. You don't have the lifestyle with the, the catering that these coaches used to. Like, you might think that's small potatoes, but not to them. Like, P.J. Carlissimo is a great example of this. Like, P.J. Carlissimo probably could have had a – dozen college jobs over the last 10 years. He ain't going back because he got a taste of the NBA life, and the next coaching job P.J. Carlissimo takes, it's probably going to be back in the NBA ranks. He is not going back to college basketball. Chris Mannix is with us here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris, what kind of all or, uh, excuse me, trade deadline do you think we're headed for? Are we going to see a lot of action? 
Well, I think there'll be a lot of attempts at action, but, you know, part of the problem is, and I think we've talked about this before, is that with the play-in tournament, you know, accepting 10 teams per conference, it puts a lot of teams in the mix. I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference, I mean, theoretically, 14 of the 15 teams are in the playoff mix. Look at the Western Conference, it's more like 12, maybe 13, if you want to throw Sacramento into that mix, and uh, yeah, maybe they can turn on the Jets in the second half. So with that in mind, I don't think you're going to see as many teams look to dismantle their roster. Orlando is interesting because they're pretty much looking at a youth movement, so maybe an all-star like Vucevic and certainly Aaron Gordon could be available. Uh, Al Horford is certainly available in Oklahoma City. You know, Harrison Barnes is available. J.J. Redick is available. These are good players, different, potentially difference-making players. Um, but that might be all of it that, that's out there. I don't know if there's a more substantial deal than the names I mentioned before the trade deadline. In fact, most of the teams I've been talking to, and I'm going to write a little bit about all this tomorrow, are eyeing the post-trade deadline, the buyout market, to see if LaMarcus Aldridge hits it, if Aaron, Andre Drummond hits it, um, and a handful of other guys that could wind up you know, being unrestricted free agents you know, come early April. Uh, that, that is more interesting to some of the teams I've talked to than, than what's happening at the trade deadline. Chris, going back to the Celtics again, there are, I've seen those rumors out there that Danny Ainge could be active, but uh, are you buying any of that, or what are you looking at there? I mean, that's, that's basically like a cut and paste from the last three years, like Danny Ainge <laughs> aggressively pursuing player X. I mean, it, it was Anthony Davis. It was Kawhi Leonard. It was, I mean, you go down the list. If the Celtics had been involved in more talks, I think, than any team in the league because look, they've had assets. They've had a lot of young players, draft picks over the years. So, you know, they are in a position to participate. The, the question is going to be, will they use that big trade exception? They've got the biggest trade exception in NBA history. It's $20.5 million dollars. Uh, you can get something with that. You can fit a player into that and only have to give back draft picks in return. That's appealing to, to teams across the league. But it's also something they can use uh, in the offseason as well. There's some significant chatter in that front office about using it uh, in the offseason. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's pressure on them because the Celtics right now are not a championship team. Uh, if you add a Harrison Barnes, if you add a Jeremy Grant, if you add even LaMarcus Aldridge, you certainly push yourself closer to that goal so uh they're probably the team most interesting to watch over the next few weeks because of the assets and the exception that they have chris as always we appreciate you taking a few minutes for yeah go ahead can i sneak one boxing item in to, to chris I, I I I watched the other day that legendary round between Marvin Hagler and uh, Thomas Hearns. Mm. Uh, man, I'll tell you, some people think that was the best round ever in boxing history. I watched it again, and it was dynamite, man. It was it's, that was probably before your time, but you've obviously seen that fight. Oh, it was it was something. The first round was, I think, the best round in boxing history, as you said. Um, the entire fight was a war. It was called the best eight minutes in boxing history. I mean, they just went toe-to-toe for the better part of three rounds with Hagler finally landing that right hand that caused Hearns to stumble and eventually knocking him out cold. It was it was remarkable. And look, I, Marvin Hagler grew up in Massachusetts. I mean, he's basically an icon in this state. 
I know Bob Ryan, the great writer for the Boston Globe, he tweeted out recently that Hagler, for a long time, was basically this town's fifth sports franchise. Like, he was that big a figure uh, in Boston. And he was part of some incredible fights over the years. And one of the rare boxers, guys, that walked away when he didn't have to. Like, he retired after that fight against Sugar Ray Leonard in 1987 and passed on every offer to come back. I mean, I this weekend I called Ray Leonard and I called Bob Arum, and I was asking them, I was talking to them about, you know, why there was no rematch that fight. They were like, Hagler wouldn't do it. You know, Ray was like, I'm willing to do it. We could have made, you know, $15, $20 million each for a fight like that. And Hagler, because he was so pissed off at the way the judges scored the first fight, wanted nothing to do with it. Aram, he told me a story about how a year after that first fight, the Hagler-Sugar Ray Leonard fight, all three of them were in Las Vegas. And Leonard walks up to Aram and goes, Bob, go tell Marvin, who, had, who Aram had promoted Hagler over the years, go tell Marvin, please, take this fight. We can make a fortune. So Aram goes over there, lays it all out. Hagler just turns to Aram and goes, go tell Ray to get a life. Like, that was it. <laughs> that was his only answer, and he was done. He moved to Italy. He became an action star in movies, which is a story in and of itself, and he walked away from boxing when he wanted to. If you're a fighter, you should look at Marvin Hagler as an example. Marvin Hagler and Larry Holmes, the two fighters of the 1980s who saved every nickel that they earned and were able to walk away with their, with their, uh, with their faculties intact and, and do it their way. I mean, Hagler, there are plenty of reasons to respect Marvin Hagler, and if you don't know enough about him, go watch – the, the, what we're talking about, the Hearns fight, go watch the Leonard fight, go watch the John Mugabe fight, which was a war right before he fought Ray Leonard. Uh, he was arguably the greatest middleweight in boxing history who was involved in some of the best fights of the 1980s. And obviously he passed away two days ago, way too early at 66. Do we know how what happened there, Chris? No, he was having chest pains, I know, from talking to a family member I don't know any more than that. We, his wife, Kay, good, good on her, came out on social media and just doused these Internet rumors that it was due to the COVID-19 vaccine. Like Tommy Hearns tweeted that or put it on Facebook or something and said he had an adverse reaction to COVID-19. That just seemed, that seemed crazy. And, you know, Kay Hagler, who was his wife for decades, uh, I believe they met over in Italy and they were in New Hampshire at the time when Hagler passed away. She said it had nothing to do with the COVID-19 vaccine. So I'm glad that, that she came out and said that because, you know, when, when a figure like Marvin Hagler passes away and people start attaching the vaccine to it, that's just, that might give some people a reason not to get it. And as we know, we need as many people to get it as possible. Here, here, here on that. Yeah. Hey, Chris, thank you very much as always. We'll catch you next week. You got it, guys. That's our friend Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, jumping on with us as he does each and every Monday. Jake, you know, when you're done when you're done with your radio career here, I, I think maybe you should move to Italy and get into action films. I don't know, Gordon. You know, like I don't know uh, if like that's... the marvelous one did. That's what he did, and I, I think you might have a future in that. I don't. I don't think you're right. You know, no. you've given a lot of good advice over the years, Gordon. But I don't know if this is. <laughs> I don't know if this is it. Uh, it's nice to hear about a. Uh, a sports figure. And, and th- do you remember Marvin Hagler at all? Do you, does that, uh, do you... It was a little before my high, my time, but of course okay. I'm aware of him in the in the fight you're talking about. Yeah, what a great fighter. And just like Chris said, for him to have taken care of uh, his uh, business on and off uh, the, out of the ring, 
uh, financially and in other ways. Uh, kind of a nice a nice uh, way to go about your business, but uh, passing way too young, 66 years old. Man. Yeah, I'm telling you, if it were me, I would have blown every nickel before I made it. <laughs> You think, uh, what, wine and women? Uh, what? Oh, all of the above. I would have fought until I was 75. You're like, I got to get back <laughs> Some guys do. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. We're here at RGS Exteriors and uh, Construction. You can give them a call, 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Our friend Tim jumping on with us once again. What are you up to over there? You got a big old big old tablet? What are yeah, you, we're, what are you it's doing? actually getting ready for our football Parent meeting tonight. Football stars, believe it or not, we're starting already in high school. Oh, parent meeting. I'm very sorry. Hey, it's always good to let the parents know and then you don't get yelled at. I know dealing with the parents uh, is the best part of the job. Uh, You know, Gordon is a high maintenance sports parent himself. (laughs) Gordon, are you that? Are you that parent that I always have to deal with? I was the opposite, man. I I only had one conversation with a coach once about a, a certain item, but that's the only time I can ever remember doing that and i was very aware of it because i'd talked to so many coaches through the years and i thought i don't want to be that guy you know i don't want to be that parent that's sticking his nose in things that he shouldn't so you know, I, i'll be honest though we we are so blessed truthfully and i'm actually the one that deals with all the problem parents and i <laughs> we literally have very few so they're out there i mean you, there's crazy parents out there but as a general we're so blessed at the school at, at, I, i'm at summit academy and we're very, very blessed we don't have too many problems so you're getting ready for that that's cool football man yeah, that's it's, great. it's coming up yeah no no big deal uh well let's talk about what else is coming up people uh, coming out of winter here folks uh, spend a lot of time at home probably have a wish list of stuff they want to get done and now's the time to jump on it yeah it is you know let us let us come out and see what we can do to help you with gutters or Siding, windows, anything you want on the outside of the home, let's let's get you taken care of and let's get it fixed. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, we mentioned this earlier, but the, the James Hardy siding. Because I think it's a, it's a big deal because you guys are the you know preferred uh, folks when it comes to dealing with this. And this is the ultimate siding that's out there right now. It is, really. The James Hardy is really the, the leading edge. It's what everybody wants in their home. As you're driving around through the new homes and you see the new products going on, it, it Nine times out of ten, it's a James Hardy product, and and we're very blessed and fortunate to be the only elite preferred contractor in Utah. So really, what that means is that we've gone through their standards, we've gone through their training, we've basically they they know that we're going to install the, the products correctly. Um, also, they base it on customer satisfaction surveys, and we're the only ones that have a combination of the training and the the high enough customer satisfaction surveys. And so the combination of those two makes us the, the preferred contractor in Utah. And, and it just is something that we're really proud of. It's something that's taken a few years to get. But but now that we've got that standard, we want to maintain it and have it. And so, yeah, so James Hardy is kind of our go-to products. And when it comes to gutters and other things, I think it's just a good example of the type of work you guys do to meet that standard. It is. You know, um, we mentioned earlier, talked about earlier about uh, customer satisfaction referrals and those types of things. But, you know, the standard uh, for the national average, uh, believe it or not, is 50% um, if you'd hire your contractor again. I mean, so you're <laughs> flipping a coin. Yeah. That I get a good job. Do I hire a good guy? Um, and so that's, that's the national average. But we have... Uh, we have an independent company that surveys all of our customers, so we know that, that the data is real. It's accurate. They're not, we're not you know, just taking the best and the worst customers. It's right. like a combination of everybody. But we have over a 95% approval rating. So 95% of the customers that hire us will hire us again, and, which is a huge, huge honor in our industry, and it's something that we're, we're super proud of. All right, get started now, rgsutahsiding.com, or you can call them 801-288-3110, 801-288-3110. 
Thirty-one. Oh, yeah. Whoa, excuse me. Two eight zero. At yeah. least he didn't get my cell number. Eight zero one two eight zero thirty one ten. I have done that before. Eight zero one two eight zero three one one zero. Yeah, that is better than that. But you guys are also a local family-run company. I mean, uh, the people answering the phones are right downstairs. It, yeah, it is, and it's it's awesome. We've got uh, four girls that uh, that are the best ladies in the business, and and they answer the phones all day, every day. You know, really, Jake, that's something that separates us. And, and even as everybody's busy as they are right now, uh, that's really what separates us from everyone else. Is that if there's an issue, you call and we answer the phone. So call and they'll answer. 801-280-3110. 801-280-3110. We got it. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. show presented by big o tires stop by your locally owned big o tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. We're going to talk NCAA tournament with Brad Evans coming up here momentarily. Uh, We'll get his thoughts on the local teams, but uh, also kind of what to expect in this year's NCAA tournament. Uh, You know, Gordon, one of the obvious changes so far in the NCAA tournament is the schedule. We're getting all the play-in games on Thursday. Then things get going on Friday. So you've got Friday, Monday, or excuse me, Friday, Sunday, Saturday, Monday, as opposed to the traditional Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. So already a little bit different. But, you know, if you're in the same market, you know, some of those things don't matter. No. No, I suppose not. And what? how do you think it's going to play out, everything being in Indiana? Do you like it? No. I, I No, I don't like it. But, I mean, it, I think it'll turn out fine. I I like the regional aspect of it. I think when the the arena, um, Vivid Arena, has had a chance to host those events, man, has it been fun to be in that building. I I think we'll be missing that a a, a little bit. But as far as your your normal TV viewer, it shouldn't be much different, right? Yeah, I imagine so. Right. And people people get into the excitement of it all. There's, I think, folks are ready for it after missing out on it last year. All right, let's uh, jump out to the zone phone. Let's talk a little NCAA tournament. Joining us now, you can hear him on uh, Sirius XM Radio. He's also uh, co-founder of the Sawdust Pods. He does a lot of fantasy football. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, and I love this Twitter handle, at Noisy Huevos. He's Brad Evans with <laughs> us here on The Big Show. I love that Twitter handle, Brad. Where'd you get that? Merry March Madness, gentlemen. Um, it's, you know, my nickname is The Big Noise, because you can tell I'm a very sheepish fellow. Uh, <laughs> definitely not the life of the party by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, you know, I've had that nickname going back to high school. And, and I have this thing called Team Huevos, uh, where I just got, you know, in the early days of Twitter, I got tired of people not putting their name on, you know, predictions and, you know, putting their neck out there. And I'm like, have some Huevos, man. And, you know, it became a thing. So hashtag Team Huevos, married with my nickname, uh, The Big Noise, Noisy Huevos. There you go. So what are you looking forward to uh, in, the, 
in this tournament. Uh, and name me one big surprise that you think will occur. What I'm looking forward to is the fact that we're having a tournament. Um, you know, first and foremost for me, I was just uh, an empty vessel of a human being at uh, this juncture last year. You know, you guys are in big basketball country there with the Jazz and BYU and everything that's been going on. And, and for me, you know, I'm a, a big University of Illinois fan, and, you know, I'm a big basketball guy, period, end of story. And I banged out something like 15,000 words of preview content into a sub stack getting ready for the NCAA tournament, and then everything stopped. And, you know, we didn't have a conclusion of last season. We didn't have, you know, arguably the best sporting event on the calendar in, in which people flock to Vegas, you know, and watch all the games and hours on end from start to finish, sun up to sundown every single day. And and I think, you know, the that missing element in, in sports fans' lives, that left of, you know, that not having that satisfaction, you know, I think it's going to have people flocking toward the tournament this year so. For me, that's huge. And then in terms of big upsets, uh, anything in the first round, you know, I'll give you one upset that I really like. I love the Ohio Bobcats over the University of Virginia uh, in a 4-13 matchup in the West region. You know, Virginia, obviously, with a bunch of COVID issues. We don't even know who has COVID. Uh, we know three players have tested positive, but their identities have not been released. You know, it could be three starters for all we know. Uh, they're going to be arriving late to the bubble just a lot of, you know, unevenness uh, for Tony Bennett's club. And Ohio's rocking and rolling. They got this kidding Jason Preston, uh, who's been shooting over 50% over the last month from three, lighting teams up, and they nearly knocked off Illinois at the State Farm Center in non-conference play. So I think the Ohio Bobcats uh, could be one of the surprises, and I think Jason Preston will become a household name by the end of the weekend. You mentioned uh, BYU, and BYU playing in the same league as Gonzaga means we get to see the Bulldogs a few times a year, and obviously they're amazing. I mean, there's there's no doubt. They've got NBA talent all over the place, including a top three pick likely, and uh, they're the number one overall seed going into this tournament. How heavy of a favorite uh, are the Bulldogs? And, uh, you know, if you were giving a, a advice to people filling out their brackets, would you uh, avoid picking them because everybody else is? Yeah, is it chalky? Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, looking at legal sports books across the country, I mean, they're heavy favorites um, to cut down the nets or heavy favorites to emerge unscathed in the West as a representative in the Final Four. Um, do they have the goods? Absolutely. I mean, you guys know it. That BYU game in the West Coast Conference Final was absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, BYU, they they gave them their best shot. Uh, and you could not have played a better first half than what the Cougars exhibited in that game. I mean, you shoot 68%, 70% uh, from three, 68% from the floor, and you're rocking and rolling, and, you know, you've got a seven-point lead with three and change to go, and you're, you're thinking, you know, you're kind of in, in cruise control here. And then Jalen Suggs just shifts into a higher gear, and next thing you know, you lose by 10. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, you got two legitimate NBA players. Suggs is going to be a lottery pick. Corey Kistler is going to be a top 20 overall pick. Drew Timmy's going to get a cup of coffee. Nimhard's got experience playing at a Power Six conference in the SEC with the Florida Gators. Joel Ayayi is a great glue guy. I mean, they have no weaknesses statistically, visually. They are, I think, the team to beat. Uh, but we'll see if they win in the end. Um, you know, look, to win your, your pool, your office pool in general, you got to go a little bit against the grain. Um, you know, you don't want to go too crazy early on in those first couple of rounds. Uh, and in the end, even if chalk does rain to rain, you got to nail 
your national champion. Gonzaga's a good bet to do that, though. I think there is another team that's slightly better than them right now playing peak basketball, and I think that's Illinois. So Utah State against Texas Tech, will either team score 40 points or 50 points? Or <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Yeah, look, man, uh, it's going to be a rock fight. Yeah, um, yeah, bring your biggest boulder. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it, it's going to be ugly. Uh, I, I could tell you this. Uh, you know, Kate is a matchup problem for Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech is a, is a decent offensive rebounding team because of their length and athleticism, but they don't have, like, true bigs. You know, most of the guys are 6'4 to 6'7, wide wingspan. Now, if Kate can get in there and pound in the post, um, he could be a problem. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. Though. That's going to be the biggest key for Utah State to spring the upset in this game. And the other key, too, is, is Brock Miller. You know, Brock Miller, um, you know, he's healthy now. He's got to find that long-distance stroke early and often. You can shoot trays on Tech. They were the worst three-point percentage defense in the Big 12, which is so uncharacteristic of Chris Beard teams, but they've been snake bit by those money balls. So, you know, if the threes are falling for the Aggies, they're going to push him to the limit. So, you know, an automatically advancing Texas Tech on to the next seed line out of that first-round matchup is no sure thing. I think that game is going to be hotly contested, and I think it's going to be, you know, much tighter than most uh, national pundits are giving credit to this Utah State team. Brad Evans is with us uh, talking NCAA tournament here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to ask you about BYU, Brad. They face the winner of Michigan State and UCLA. Who do you think they will likely face, and how do you think they match up? It's going to be Michigan State. Uh, I think UCLA is just so ho-hum and vanilla. And, you know, one of the strengths of Michigan State is the fact they go out and stretch and contest and challenge shots along the perimeter. Last eight games, giving up just 29.9% from distance. And the other thing that's really clicked for this Michigan State team late in the season, remember, they, they beat Illinois, they beat Ohio State, and they beat Michigan uh, all in the last month, which is extraordinary. I mean, name three bigger wins for really almost any team in the country, and very few could qualify. But they're putting ball through basket and consistently. And, and UCLA is an excellent three-point shooting team, uh, but they don't have the, you know, the bangers, the rebounders that can really hang with Michigan State. Michigan State's really good defensively. And if the, you know, if the balls are falling for Aaron Henry and Joshua Langford, it's going to be exit stage left on Thursday night for the Bruins, which I think is ultimately going to happen. I would be concerned uh, if I'm BYU because I think Michigan State does match up well with them. And, you know, as, as great as Barcelo is from outside, and, and Harms is obviously very familiar uh, with Michigan State from his days at Purdue, I think Michigan State matches up well with his BYU team. And we've seen a lot of success, guys, uh, from these first four participants getting a W, working up a lather, building momentum, and then springboarding into another win in the next round. It's happened 14 out of 15 times that these first fours have existed in NCAA tournament history. So I would not be at all surprised if Michigan State knocked BYU out in 11-6 matchup uh, there in the round of 64. But we shall see what happens on Thursday night. Got to clear that first hurdle and take out UCLA in order for even that to occur. You know, another game that uh, a lot of people seem to be, at least the ones that I've seen, seem to be singing the praises of Georgetown over Colorado. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's smart. Um, it, you know, it's kind of a trendy pick. Same with, like, Winthrop over Villanova. Uh, given the injuries uh, to the Wildcats, you know, that classic 12 over 5. I do like what Patrick Ewing has done. You know, the MSG guards uh, may not know who the heck he is, but they know who Georgetown is now, right? Uh, 
I mean, this team is they're, – they're balling out, and you can see the fingerprints of Patrick Ewing's career in the NBA all over this team. Rebounding is paramount, and they're extraordinary at it. Um, defense is paramount, and they're extraordinary at it. At least they have in the last nine games. Elites in the country in those categories. And they're shooting the three well right now, uh, over 38% in their last nine contests. You know, Colorado's a good team. Um, a lot of moxie, a lot of experience. McKinley Rice, one of the best facilitators in college basketball, and certainly one of the best facilitators out west. Love Evan Batty's game, a, a true, uh, you know, mauler in the post. Uh, you know, with Horn and Schwartz, they can shoot the three. And pretty balanced team, uh, you know, Tab Boyle has. But I think Georgetown's so hot right now. And they're, again, so disruptive with their size that it's going to be problematic for CU, uh, I think, to emerge as the victors here. So I take Georgetown, man. I think they will upend Colorado in that class of 12 over 5 in that matchup. It should be one of the more exciting games of the first round of this tournament. Brad, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on with us and giving us a little insight. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Merry March Madness to you and yours. <laughs> Enjoy it, Brad. Uh, there you go, uh, Brad Evans. You can follow him on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos. And uh, that was fun to have him on. Uh, I'm with him. I think uh, BYU is going to get with Michigan State. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And he's picking uh, Michigan State to beat the Cougars. It sounded like you were leaning in that direction a bit too, huh? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a great matchup. I don't know if I'm leaning in that direction, but I'm not wild about BYU getting a team like that in the first round. Do you think As Brad a six wins? Seed, that's a tough draw. But sorry, you, go ahead. Do you think Brad wins most of those uh, brackets challenges and whatnot? Is he, you know, or is it one of those situations where you, the more you know, the worse you do? Um, I often come from the school of I don't think uh, it matters one way or another. There's a lot of luck that comes into picking a bracket. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, I think the, there's almost more. It almost seems I know Gonzaga has been so good, and you heard Brad talk about Illinois and whatnot, but in a year like this where there's been so much, I don't know, uh, just weirdness, I, I wonder if, if the thing's going to be topsy-turvy and uh, – a guy like me who usually goes chalk will uh, suffer the consequences for that. Well, well I think you're going to try. <laughs> I was going to say, we can hope. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to give it a try and and see how it goes. But Do you think I will pick more, fewer than two number one seeds to make it to the, uh, to the final four? No. No. Uh, well, we'll see. Well, do I, I mean, think but, that you you will pick uh, one over two seed to make the final four? No. <laughs> I I uh, I do I do tend to pick uh, the favored teams, but uh, maybe this year I'll mix it up. Of course, usually uh, you know I do very well in, with my bracket, so maybe I shouldn't change a thing. Yeah, because there's the there's the two types of people when it comes to filling out brackets to bring this full circle: the ones who pick chalk because they want to look smart, <laughs> and the ones that actually try to admit, win it, and they usually end up failing miserably because you've got to pick the right upsets. 
Right. Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. Quick Not Sports Port next. Gordy Chase at 5. Stay tuned. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Live at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Call them 801-280-3110. It is a Monday. That means it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850. And you'll win a Zone prize pack. The Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Uh, it is time for the Not Sports Report. We have uh, Coach Chiesa coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, but first, the Not Sports brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Uh, over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going two places. The first place is to Miami Beach. Apparently, the mayor of Miami Beach, uh, a fellow by the name of Dan Gelber, he said on Saturday that Florida has a big, big problem. You know what that problem is? says that too many young people are coming to visit for spring break. Still worried about transmission. And uh, apparently some kids don't care about that. So the bunch of them want to spend a bunch of time together right next to each other down on the beach. Well, that was a problem last year. You probably could have seen it coming this year, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then I have this one. Jake, let me – when you go to a place where there's a buffet, do you worry about, you know, germs and uh, stuff getting, you know, spread around on the the dishes? I know they have the sneeze shield there, but is that – does that concern you at all? Uh, I guess it depends on the buffet, but no, not really. (laughs) I was reading this story from Miss Manners. Someone had uh, written in to her and said that uh, they were attending a buffet and that uh, somebody uh, had a glass of wine in his hand or something, and I don't know the nature of the buffet, but took a swig of the wine and somebody told a joke, and they they spit all over the the buffet items and i i started to think about that do you ever think about that it sounds like you don't but austin i bet you do when you when you go when you when you when you go through the buffet line uh it it, it it's kind of communal do you think that so would you, change your you behavior? uh you done with buffets then gordo is that what you're getting at i don't know i'm, sorry, I'm asking you whether we should be Who's we? Absolutely not. I'd be really disappointed <laughs> if buffets were no longer. Why, why would we do that? Because everybody is going by all the food and, you know, whatever they're doing, talking or spitting or, you know, spreading or whatever. Well, you I, go I, somewhere I, else then. Leave my buffet alone. <laughs> so you have you have no concern about that at all? Not certainly that I'm going to impact somebody else's decision into going to a buffet or not. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I just wondered what your decision would be. Whether take your would... anti-buffet rhetoric somewhere else, sir. <laughs> I want my I want my brunch buffet. Do you have a favorite uh, buffet in uh, in the state of Utah? I'll tell you what, you can't go wrong with either the Stein Erickson Lodge Sunday uh, brunch or the Grand America Sunday brunch, uh, or the Little America Sunday brunch, for that matter. Now you take those away. We're not friends anymore, sir. So everybody going through touching everything and, you know, talking. Not a problem. It... Don't worry about it. All right. All right. Well, that's. Why, let's well, see. you can, again, you can not, never go to a buffet again, Gordon, but let's let's spare the anti-buffet rhetoric. Well, I'm not. I'm not really ready to make a declaration in that uh, in that regard. But I, I just wondered whether you know, given what's happened over the past year, whether that might change your mind a little bit. You know, because think about it: if people, if people just talking, can can uh, you know spread stuff? I just wonder what happens uh, through the buffet line. You know? Don't care. <laughs> You're not even. Man, I'm going to give it a second thought. Not for a second. All right. All right. Well, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe uh, maybe uh, maybe you put that to ease so I can I can go back to the buffet line. Yeah, yeah buddy. I, I'm telling you, we, I came from a buffet family. We love our buffets. <laughs> All right. We're live from RGS Exteriors and Construction. Call them today. 801-280-3110. Uh, our friend Tim jumping on with us once again before Tim has to go off to a parent meeting. Yikes. Uh, but uh, thus, being a coach and a parent, that's uh, that's what comes with the territory. But let's uh, talk about how to help our listeners. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about a bunch of different things today, but I think that, that kind of just for for me going out is just that we're we're here to help you and and make your home, you know, change the look of your home, update it, make it look uh, nicer. You know, we've mentioned the fact of the cost of home values going through the roof, and it's really based on land. Um, that's really what it is. I live in Bluffdale. Uh, nothing fancy about Bluffdale, and there's lots for sale around the corner for me that are selling for $470,000 for the dirt. Nuts. Uh, so, I mean, that's just things, right? That's just the way things are right now. Yeah. So having said that, the, the best thing to do right now is to, to remodel your home, to fix up what you've got, um, make it look better, you know, redo the inside if you that be, but then the outside. Um, and, and really right now the Qualified Remodeling Magazine is the best magazine in the country as far as uh, cost versus value. They basically do reports every year. What you put in your home, what you're going to get back out. And actually, two years in a row, James Hardy Siding has been the number one rated product. In other words, if you're going to do something on your home, putting exterior siding on is what you're going to get almost all of that back. Um, and so, you know, there's there's no – doesn't hurt at all right now. Make your home look nicer. If you decide to sell it, you're going to get it out of it. Um, but but hopefully if you don't sell it, then you've, you've got a nice-looking home, and we can update it and make it look nicer. You know, don't be afraid. People say, oh, I've got stucco. We can't do anything. We, there's a lot of things we can do with stucco. We can recolor it. We can do a new color. We can paint it. We can tear it off and put hardy on it. You mad, anything you can imagine will do. What, uh, what's the buzzword out there? Curb appeal. Curb appeal, baby. Yeah, no, It's a big deal. No, it, it really is. You know, it's, it's cliche. You want to make that. You want to make your house look sexy, whatever you want to call it. But it is. You, and there's something to be said about just pulling up to your home and just going, Wow. This home looks good. You just feel better about where you're at and you love where you're at. Look, you may love the neighborhood. You may love going to the, the, the people you go to church with. Whatever it is you don't want to leave, let's fix that home up and let's make it a brand new home at where you're at. And the great part about you guys being here and local, and when I say here, I mean I'm sitting right here. The, the operation is right here. You get people what they want. You no, know, it is. And, you know, we touched on it, but I think it's key. It's one of the things that really separates us is that we're not a national company. We're locally owned. My, my dad and I own the company today. Uh, him and I are the third and fourth generation. 
My old my older boys are the fifth generation, so we've been doing this for a long time. We're here. We're we're not going anywhere. And the guys that that come out to your home to look at it are, are born and raised here. This is where this is their their home. You call in the office. We actually answer our phone. Um, if you get a voicemail, it's just because you know four phones are going at once, and you get a call back right away. We're not going anywhere. Uh, we're not we're not this national company that's going to be in and be out. We've been serving Utah for a long time. 801-280-3110 is the number to call. 801-280-3110. You can also uh, jump online if you want, rgsutahsiding.com. Find out what they can do for you. Tim, you're the best. Thanks, no, I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. You too. We'll have uh, Coach Chiesa next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.